I'm going to invite your attention this morning to the book of Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to begin reading at the 14th verse. We're so thankful that you are here today. I know it's already been said, but we are so thankful to have all of our guests. Could we one more time give all of our guests a great big hand clap of appreciation? If we have not had a chance to meet you yet, we want to make sure and meet you. We are so thankful that you are here in the house of the Lord. You truly only come one time as a guest. After that, we just, man, we just claim you and, and are grateful you're here. Praise God. Matthew 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, made them other five talents, and likewise he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh, reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, well done. Good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked, slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. And I would like to speak to you this morning on the subject, the exchangers. The exchangers. You should have therefore put my money to the exchangers. And at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. And I would like to speak to you about that group of people, the exchangers. Could we lift up our voice under the Lord and ask his blessing upon the preaching of his word today? God, thank you. Thank you that you have gathered us together. We stand in your holy presence, unworthy, but so grateful. It is through your blood that we are made worthy to stand here in this holy place. And I pray that your word will go forth with clarity, with accuracy, with love, with boldness. I pray that each and every one of us will hear your word and receive it. I pray, oh God, that you will bless us today Bless us today and let us be met by the power of your spirit through the preaching of your word. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost flow. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. We knew a woman who had who had gone to a thrift store. She's a friend of ours. 
and she'd gone to a thrift store and purchased a, a big collection of books and uh, took them home and was, and was uh, thumbing through them and getting ready to put them on the shelf. <clears throat> and uh, as she was doing this, uh, there was a little a bit of an awkwardness about the way the pages lay in, in uh, one of the books. And, uh, and she took note of that and began to look through the pages and found that inside those pages were $100 bills. Amen. Look at God. And these $100 bills were placed intermittently throughout the, the book as almost as bookmarks, and you could hardly notice that they were there. And, and there they were. In fact, they, they numbered almost $1,000. And uh, she kind of felt bad and went back and, and uh, told the uh, clerk and the manager of the thrift store, said, I, uh, I need to let you know something that happened. I purchased books here, and, and I found quite a surprise when I got home. And I, I just, I, maybe, I don't know, I don't know if I should return this. Or, and the manager said, you know, honestly, it happens a lot more frequently than you would imagine because uh, people like to hide their money and they like to, to put it away somewhere where they deem it to be safe. And if something happens to them and, and they, uh, the, the people who get their belongings don't maybe know where that money is and, and uh, said it, it happens. We don't know who donated it. You bought the book fair and square and that happened to be in the book so you you keep it for yourself and uh, so she did and it was a little eye-opening to her there is a collection of people that are very concerned about making sure that they have a safe location for actual physical material money and they put it away accordingly and many times it is a generational thing because there was a generation who remembers when money came in short supply. And there is a generation who recalls when the banks did not keep that money in a good way. And maybe people who have been through the Great Depression or were raised by people who lived through the Great Depression remember that feeling. And so you, you, there, there are stories that abound of people who have hidden money in boxes and placed it behind the siding of a home, people who have, who have dug little areas out in their backyard and put, put a safe deposit box down in the back of their yard. And inside are these hidden monies because they do not trust those financial institutions that have let people down in the past. Perhaps the, it, it, it's worth noting, October 24th, 1929 was a bleak day in the United States of America and it affected the entire globe. It was a global depression. And uh, up to that point in the states, people lived a life that was uh, filled with consumerism. In the 1920s, they call it the Roaring Twenties. It was a time of economic boom and people lived it up in the 1920s. But by the end of the decade, people were so overextended in their debt and the banking institutions were beginning to run short on uh, cash to lend. They froze up the lending and people were not able to, to get jobs. Industries were not able to receive funding for projects. And it was a domino effect that resulted in a mass global 
economic disaster and great poverty ensued throughout the 1930s. From 1930 to 1933, uh, one banking institution failed after another, after another, after another. And by the mid-30s, people were unable to provide for their families. People stood in what we've come to call soup lines and lived in uh, basically tent villages and, and uh, uh, what they called shanty towns. And they, they had to live in a certain way. They didn't have money to, to work their fields. They didn't have money to reap their crops. Whole crops would just go wasted because nobody had the funds to actually get out there and use the tools to reap the harvest. And, and it was a terrible and terrifying and traumatic experience that affected the way that people use and, and invest and don't invest their monies for several years and decades. And so this particular lady walked into the bookstore and found a book that somebody from a previous generation said, I know where this will be safe. And, uh, and they hid their money. And we see in this parable of Jesus, a man who hid his money. Now it was his Lord's money. And that's what you have to understand about the money that God gives to us. It is the Lord's money. And this is why we have to be wise stewards of our money because it is the Lord's money. And this particular man, this one talented servant, the scripture says that he hid his money. And, and I just want to take a moment and, and analyze this guy for just a bit because I think we can probably relate to him a little bit better uh, than we think. Uh, I, because there are some natural principles at work here. There are some financial principles at work here. And there are spiritual principles at work here. And this particular man was what Bible students and scholars have come uh, to call the one talented servant. He is, he is earmarked for history and for theological studying purposes uh, by this moment this moment where he received only one talent from his master who gave five talents to this particular servant, gave two talents to this particular servant, gave one talent to this particular servant. And this man then went into a far country. He was a businessman. And these that were utilizing his money were also participating in business and they had been given this money to do something with it and to produce and to make something of it. And when he came back, he finds the five talented servant worked wisely with the five talents he had received, this currency, five talents, and he, he developed more from it. And then the two talented servant worked wisely with the two talents he had received and he developed more of it. But the one talented servant stands there with this one talent and I can only imagine, can you with me, of what he must have felt like when he's standing there getting the distribution of, of, the, of the Lord's monies and his buddy gets five talents and his other buddy gets two talents and he is noticing a trend here and he's concerned about the trend and with rightful reason, he got just one talent. And I think you and I would probably be like him, maybe. You know, I, I don't understand what's going on here. Why, why, does, why does old Bob get five talents? And uh, why does old Jimmy get two talents? And, and I get this measly old good-for-nothing, low-down talent. And, and we've got to be careful how we characterize the blessings of God. 
if God gave you something, it's because he believes in what he gave you. Now, you could be like that one talented servant. Now, we don't know because the, the narrative does not provide this kind of background information, but we can tell by the result of this parable, he did not value that one talent. He looked at that one talent like, I, I don't know what he wants me to do with this. If he would have given me five talents, I could have done something with that. If you'd have given me two talents, yeah, you can go talk, well done, thou good and faithful servants. Yeah, because you had a lot to work with. Look at all the advantages they had to work with. And I don't have the same advantages that they had, so I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this measly old one talent. But you've really got to be careful. Don't fall into the snare of coveting what other people have. It is a violation of God's law to covet what other people have. Do not envy what other people have. Now the reason is because if you will just be grateful for what God has given you, there's something powerful that happens. Uh, let me give you an example. Do you remember the story of when Jesus fed the multitudes with the loaves and the fish? If, if you don't remember, I'll just tell you the story. Maybe you've never heard it. He's got 5,000 people, uh, 4,000 people, two different times. And in both cases, he is given as a provision to feed them. He asks, do we have any meat here? And a little lad brings to him in the one case, five loaves and two fishes. And, and how... How, what are you supposed to do with that? What are you supposed to do with five loaves and two fish when you've got 4,000 plus people that are starving and haven't eaten for three days? And Jesus, if he would have been like the one talented servant, would have looked at the five loaves and two fish and said, uh, seriously, what am I supposed to do with this? Go get, go get serious and bring me something worth looking over and developing a plan with. But that's not what he did. The first thing he did, the Bible said he gave thanks. Now that wasn't just him folding his hand and saying, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for this. That wasn't what he was doing. He was genuinely and sincerely thankful for what had been provided to him that day. And the big problem all of us have is we are not thankful for what the Lord has provided to us. But if we, that's where envy comes from and that's where covetousness comes from. But if we would be thankful unto God for even the smallest of blessings, for even the five loaves and the two fish, for even the one talent, if we would stop comparing our blessings to their blessings, then God can multiply the blessings that he puts into our hands. Stop looking over at, at, at yonder field and, and recognizing that they've got this smorgasbord set up for the thousands of people who are hungry over there. And you've got this five loaves and two. Instead of doing that, just stop what you're doing and say, Lord, I just want to thank you for bringing to me, even in this small measure, because when you begin to be thankful, multiplication begins to happen. When you begin to give God praise, and we just sang about it, something happens when I call your name. We can't even put it into words. If we could put it into words, we would have written a whole other bridge and a whole other verse and three more choruses, but sometimes you can't put it into words. It's a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory.
10,000 tongues cannot tell of the goodness of God to the degree that he is worthy to be praised. And you just got to stop and say, Lord, I, I, I know things are going rough in my life. I've got thousands of people that need to be fed. I got this problem and that. But Lord, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for being with me. I want to thank you for waking me up this morning and starting me upon my way. I want to thank you for the clothes I have on my back. I want to thank you for the shoes that I have upon my feet. God, I just want to give you praise. Hallelujah. And so this one talented servant had a hard time with that. And so he didn't do anything with it except he went and buried it. He dug out a little piece of ground, buried it, goes back to his master. And when the master comes and, and the, the, the Lord of, of this house, he is just pouring out blessings. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You took the five, did something great with it. I'm going to give you five more. And the two talented servant, you did something great. I'm going to give you two more. And the one, and I'm excited to see what you did with the one. And... Uh, and the one talented servant said, I knew you were a hard man, that you reap where you have not strawed. You know what he's telling him? He's saying, I knew, he had a problem with him, is what he was saying. I have a problem with you wanting me to do all your work. I have a problem with you giving me this money and I'm not supposed to, you, you, what do you expect me to do with it? And you're a hard man and austere and, and you're gonna reap where you have not strawed. And the master looked at him and said, you are wicked and you are slothful and you are unprofitable. And do you know what the punishment was? I'm gonna just tell you, this is a pretty harsh punishment. He cast him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. I'm gonna tell you something. You, 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 you don't mess around with slothfulness. Slothfulness will bring upon you some of the most terrible pain of life when you won't get out and up and do work, productive work that will bring in income. And that's true naturally, that's true financially, and that's true spiritually. You've got to, you've got to understand that when we're talking about the things of God, there's going to be a sowing and a reaping that is involved. And the master of this house looked at the one talented servant and said, you had a problem with me? And you had a problem with the, the one talent that I gave you? You know what you should have done? He said, you should have taken it to the exchangers. And something Mysterious happens when you take it to the exchangers. When you take this one talent, doesn't matter how much it is, but if you just would, would just put this one talent into that mysterious and magnificent thing called an exchange, something begins to transpire that is beyond your power and beyond your ability, ability to understand. And this is what you should have done instead of just sitting around being bitter at your circumstances. Instead of just sitting around being upset at what was handed to you and what advantages you did and didn't have. Instead of doing that, you, ought to, you should have taken the one thing you did have and put it into the exchange. Now we know, we know that financially speaking, we still have that principle at work. That there is, a, there is a literal stock exchange and there is a, an exchange of goods and services. And when you have something that somebody needs, you can give it to them and they will give something back to you in return. It's not a process of giving and taking, it's a process of giving and receiving. And so the master of this house said that one talent is so much more valuable. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, don't undervalue the power of one. 
Despise not the day of small things. It was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. It wasn't the voice of many crying in the wilderness. It was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Don't undervalue the power of one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Don't underestimate the power of one. It depends on what you multiply it by. If you'll take one and multiply it, by the power of God, you'll get the power of God in return. You take what little bit you've got and say, Lord, I may not have a lot, but I'm going to take what little bit I've got. And I'm going to tell you what he did give everybody in this room and everybody in this world. He has given unto every man the measure of faith. And you don't have to believe it if you don't want to. But God put in all of us the measure of faith, the ability to believe. And if you'll take that ability to believe and put it in God, nothing shall be impossible to you. I would argue that the one talented servant had more of the confidence of the master than any of the others. He was given the least advantage, but was expected to bring great result. Notice the confidence in that. If you have come from disadvantaged circumstances, notice the confidence, because I'm gonna tell you something. God has a plan for your life. And it does not matter what you've been through or what circumstances brought you to where you are right now. God has a plan and a purpose and a design for your life. Yes, he does. He has miracles he wants to operate through your hands. He has power he wants to operate through your prayers. God has an anointing for you. And if he only gave you one talent, my goodness, that, needs, that should tell you everything you need to know. He knows there's something inside that one talent. That'll move mountains, that will subdue kingdoms, that will trample lions and adders, that will subdue the young lion under your feet. If you have some disadvantage, you have all the advantage that you need. Brother Reuben, you've got to head out. You'll understand this in a minute, but I'm gonna show them the video, Brother Reuben. But I want you just, to, I just want you to give God praise. Don't, don't give it away just yet because, because we're going to show them the video. But if you could just give God a praise right oh. now. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Reuben told me, he's got to leave, he's got to leave, so I'm not going to keep him long. He told me back when God gave him this job, he said, Pastor, I'm conflicted because I don't want to leave church early, but there's some Sundays I've got to leave early, and you've seen him walk out early. I'm going to show you a video in a minute. Brother Reuben Edwards took this opportunity God gave him, and he put it to the exchangers, and the power of God has been manifest in his life. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. I want you to extend your hand to him right now and pray for him with me in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for Brother Reuben. Bless him and anoint him, Lord. Bless him and anoint him. Strengthen him, oh God, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, speak through him today as he goes into his work field in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Love you, Brother Reuben. Bless you. Let's give God praise right now. In a minute, in a minute, you're going to see why Brother Reuben Edwards was speechless and why he just wanted to give God praise. But he has, he has put what God gave him into the exchangers. And there are people here today that God wants you to put what you have into the exchangers. What are these exchangers? What is this matter of exchange? I'm going to tell you what it is. It's relationship. It has to do with relationship. It has to do even with human relationship. God gave us human relationships so we could understand how we can relate with one another and how we can relate to God. One of the first relationships that he gave you in life was the relationship with your father and your mother. And if you had a godly and father and mother, you ought to thank God every single day. And if you didn't, the Lord said, if your father and mother forsake you, the Lord will take you up. So if you didn't have that blessing, the Lord will be that blessing for you. And you can be that blessing for those that God entrusts to your care. But if you had a father and mother, that the ideal of God was that there would be a give and a receive in that relationship. That you would give honor unto your father and mother and you would receive blessings back from that relationship. Parents, give guidance to your children. Give instruction to your children. Give love to your children. Bless them. Wake them up and bless them. Speak the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our our God is one Lord and him only shall you serve. Love him with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace and be gracious unto you all the days of your life. Tell them the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The, the, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Talk about it when you sit in your home. Talk about it when you rise up. Talk about it when you go to bed. Speak of the goodness of God in the ears of your children. And don't just be that in the church house. Be that at whatever residence you are living. Let them see a man of God in that home. Let them see a woman of virtue in that home. And what's happening? There's an exchange. You're giving love. You're giving God's word. And honor is coming back to you. And, and there's this beautiful mutual exchange. I'm going to tell you, talents multiply in that kind of an environment because it is given to the exchangers. You have siblings, have a relationship, a good, godly, precious relationship with your brothers and sisters. I'm blessed to have such a wonderful relationship with my sister and her family who live here in Cincinnati now. Hallelujah, we're gonna have fellowship later on tonight. And my brother, 
who lives in North Carolina, we, uh, just the other night, I was flying in, flying out of Raleigh-Durham, and he was flying into Raleigh-Durham from Montana, and we found out we were, it was coordinating, so we, we just went and got Waffle House at midnight and ate some breakfast at midnight together because we get so few opportunities. But, but I'm thankful that I have a relationship. I, there's a give and a receive. There's an exchange of precious things. When you have a relationship, when you enter into that relationship of marriage, that covenant relationship of marriage, don't go into it haphazardly. Don't go into it the way that this world would advise you. This world will give up on that thing in a heartbeat because they love with human love and human love is fickle. Human love is easily offended and easily broken. But when you love with the love of God, husbands love your wives, not because you're such a great person of love, but because Christ loved the church. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And wives, submit yourselves therefore unto your husbands as unto the Lord. There is a mutual submission. Brethren, if the Lord is telling her to treat you with respect, because the Lord deserves respect. Do you know how much you respect you need to be worthy of? Don't give her reasons not to respect you. Live respectably among her and your children. Live a life of devotion unto God. This is the exchange of the human experience. And God gave us these relationships so that we could learn how to relate with him and how to relate to one another. And he said to love your neighbor as yourself. He said to love the stranger. You know what he told Israel to do concerning their cornfields? He said, when you have a field of corn, I want you to reap what you need, but I want you to leave the corners of the field so that the stranger passing by who is hungry has something that they can eat. What a God. He's letting us know some things about himself. Leave the corners of the field. Don't be so stingy with the blessings that God has given to you. If you've got fruit growing on your vine, be ready to take of that fruit and feed those that are hungry. Be ready to give. Hallelujah. I want you to know that when you give, it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. What, what is it? It's the exchange. And, and, and it doesn't always make sense. That's why financial advisors will tell you, put your money in and don't take it out. Put it in and keep putting it in, keep putting it in, keep putting it in. Just keep putting it in every month. Just keep putting it in. Well, the stock market is, is, is dropping. Just keep putting it in. Keep putting a good time to buy. Just keep putting it in. And, and, and you're wondering, how's that doing me any good? You won't even know for some time now. That's the way it is in the spirit. You just keep loving and serving and respecting and blessing. Hallelujah. And speaking life. I want you to know it is compounding. It is compounding interest. The talent is multiplying. It might have started out as one talent, but it's going to grow and multiply into many talents. And you won't always, you will not always know how that works. You will not always know how that works. I, I remember my father taking me out into the, into the, the, the backyard and his garden. He's a, he loves to garden. And he said, I want to look, show you something. He showed me this massive pumpkin on one corner of his garden, massive pumpkin. He said, you see that pumpkin? I said, yeah. He said, that looks like the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I said, man, it looks amazing. He said, I didn't even plant pumpkins. He said, I took an old pumpkin rind and threw it into the other corner of this field. 
And, and, and over time, that seed traveled under the surface, went places that I didn't even intend for it to go. And it came up on the other side of the garden, a mighty and beautiful pumpkin. I want you to understand that's how this thing works. You can sow seed of God's grace and goodness in one place. And you can think, I don't think anything is coming of what I'm doing. Don't stop. Just keep sowing. Just keep sowing. Just keep praying. Just keep being faithful because behind you is growing a garden from the seeds you're sowing over here. Don't quit now. Don't stop now. Don't stop being a good husband now. Don't stop being a loving wife now. Don't stop sowing into your children. Our family was just blessed this week with a beautiful bouncing baby boy, Joel Ezra Glasgow. Praise God. Amen. And there's nothing like when you enter into that, that dimension of fatherhood and, and motherhood and you look at that baby, what is happening here? There's an exchange happening. God is letting you experience the way he loves in a way you could not understand in any other fashion. But you look at this little baby, innocent baby, and you are overwhelmed with love for that child. They've not done anything for you. They've not lent you any money. They're gonna be, they're gonna cost you a lot of money. Hallelujah. And they haven't, they haven't obeyed you. They haven't obeyed not one of your rules. And they're going to disobey all of them at one point or another. And yet you have all of this love for them. That's the way God loves you. And he's letting you experience that in the outflow of your love for your children. Hallelujah. And Brother Dave, don't even get me started on grandchildren now. See, because that's a whole other level of love. And I didn't know what they meant. It's not that you love them more than your kids. It's, it's the same love you have for your kids, but it's multiplied into this new little person. It's the same love, but it's compounded and it's multiplied. That's what happens in the exchange of relationship. In the exchange of relationship, talents multiply. Love multiplies. Grace multiplies. Faith multiplies. Hope multiplies. And you're going to encounter people at work. Sow into them. You're going to encounter people on public transit. Sow into them. You're going to encounter people at family functions. Sow into them. You're going to encounter people along the life path. Sow into them and it will come back to the glory of God. I know what some of you are saying and thinking. You're thinking, I, I don't know if I can trust relationships like that. Pastor Urshan, you, you don't understand. I have loved before and, and I've never felt anything more excruciating than when it was betrayed when, than when it was broken. So I don't, I, you're talking about these human relationships and you're kind of talking fairy tale stuff because that's not what it was for me. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you that every person in this room right now and everyone listening to this message can identify in themselves with a love that was betrayed, with a trust that was broken with a relationship that didn't go the way they wanted it to go. Everybody understands that. And you have a choice. You can go bury that talent in the earth and say, this is no good to me. I don't want anything to come of this. This doesn't do me any good. You can have all of that love and faith and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Or you can put it to the exchangers. And I want to encourage you to put it to the exchangers. Now, here's the thing. 
It might intimidate you talking about relationships and things of that nature. It might not be something that you feel very good about because of what you've experienced. Maybe you've been hurt beyond imagination. You know, when you're looking at, when you're looking at this matter of stock exchange, it is a very intimidating thing. You get to talk about annuities and index funds and, 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 and uh, stock growth and, and growth funds and conservative and, and uh, 401k and 403b and Roth IRA and on. And it just, all of a sudden you're lost and you're in this sea of, I don't understand what I'm talking about and, I, and I'm afraid to make a move. There's another element to this term exchanger. It, it actually means broker. You gotta have somebody working for you that knows what they're doing. You don't wanna just go jump on headlong into this thing and start picking stocks and, 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 and hanging on to whatever you think might be a good idea and the bandwagon that comes by, you jump on that bandwagon and you throw a fortune in there or whatever you've got saved up and then you lose it within a few months because it wasn't a good pick because you didn't know what you were doing. I want you to know there is one who knows what he is doing. I want you to understand my relationship with you is not independent of him. Every relationship I have is filtered through my relationship with him. It is my relationship with God that anchors my relationship with all people I interact with. I trust you, not because I trust you, but because I trust him. He can uphold me to a greater degree than you can hurt me. I have more confidence that he can keep me than I do that you can hurt me so I can love you without reservation. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm not surprised when somebody comes along with a snide comment or a passive aggressiveness. No, that's human beings. I've done the same. You've done the same. None of us are perfect, but my confidence is in God. I will not fear what man can do unto me. My trust is in the Lord. Hallelujah. You ought to love without reservation through the broker. And he will begin to lead you and guide you. And he will even caution you. There are times he's going to say, that is not a good investment. You stay away from certain relationships. You stay away from certain, certain people that are, that are trying to drag you down from your walk with God. You better get hold of somebody that has the same love for God and greater than you do. Somebody in this apostolic faith, repentant of their sins, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, living a holy life, separated from the world and under the Lord. You've got to get into a relationship that is sanctioned by the exchanger. Hallelujah. He will lead you and he will guide you. He will tell you. That's a, that's a poor way to go. That's a poor investment. That's gonna, it looks good now. It's gonna, it's gonna malfunction later on. You have a relationship with him and he will do the hard work for you. Oh, hallelujah. He'll study the fine print. He'll give you the details. But if you will have a relationship with him, he will put you in the path of those who are hungry for his great salvation. Put it to the exchangers. 
Brother Reuben Edwards, I wanted him to see this so much. I was trying, honestly, I was trying to hurry this message along so I could get there because I knew when I saw that he was wearing his work clothes, I knew he was going to have to leave a little early. That's why I wanted to give him a chance. To, he, all he wanted to do is praise God, and you'll see why. Could we go ahead? I want you to see when Brother Reuben Edwards met somebody along the path and he exchanged, and I want you to look at the result of the A story about the power of human connection. A man shot and paralyzed has found a renewed sense of hope in an unlikely place, and that's a hospital room. WLWT News Science Karen Johnson is here now to share this man's powerful journey of self-discovery as well as faith. Hi there. Hey guys, you know, we report on so many shootings here in Cincinnati. Oftentimes, when a victim lives, we never get to hear how their future plays out. Well, tonight we are. In this man's case, this horrific incident has led to a spiritual awakening, and it all started with a haircut. This is Brendan Doherty's new life, the Drake Center, now his home. Surrounded by medical equipment and an uncertainty of the future, Brendan met Reuben Edwards. I came in, I said, what's up, B? And he immediately took to me, and I think the next week, uh, I came in here to cut his hair. The two men shared life stories. 31-year-old Brendan was living a life that seemed destined for self-destruction. I was depressed. Uh, I was on a lot of drugs. I lost everything. I hated God. Last summer, life got even worse when he was shot in the head and neck in Coryville. I've been paralyzed ever since. Now in a battle against his own body, Brendan needs a ventilator to breathe. Meanwhile, Reuben, who recently started distributing medical equipment and was cutting hair and ministering on the side, started to find his purpose. As soon as I humbled myself, I started seeing doors open. Uh, nurses were asking me to pray for this person and that patient and pray for them. He immediately knew Brendan needed more than prayer when he asked to be baptized. And I, I said, man, all Brendan needs is someone to get him to the water. Reuben decided to be that someone. It took a village and fighting forces that were against them. But last month, staff at Drake came together, moved Brendan into a lift sling, and lowered him into the shower where they had built a pool. We now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <laughs> A moment to celebrate. It's beautiful. It was beautiful. Life changing. They showed me that it's okay to try to live again. Life a little easier now having faith and the realization that human connection, whether it's a friend wiping away tears, a grandmother's gentle touch, a hand to hold, or a newfound friendship, can lead to a spiritual awakening. What started as a haircut has got me a brother in faith. And Brendan has already overcome so many odds. He wasn't supposed to talk, and you guys heard him. He tells me he wants to use his voice to make sure other patients, especially ones who can't speak, have a voice. And he, by the way, is the first patient on a vent at Drake to be baptized. Sheree. Come on. There are people waiting for you to put that one talent, that one opportunity, that those five talents, those two talents, to put it to the exchanges. 
There are people waiting for you to say, I remember you can remain standing. I remember Brother Reuben coming to me said, pray pastor, because he said, I don't wanna leave in the middle of your message. I don't wanna leave church. And he said, but, but something's compelling me. To, I'm gonna do everything I can and, and thank God. You know, it'd be easy for him to just say, no, I gotta be at work so I can't be there on some Sunday mornings. But look, he comes in his work clothes and says, I'm gonna get every last second I can from the presence of God. And then he walks out into a mission field. And one of my favorite things about that video is that Brendan was baptized and when he was being baptized, they said in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. I want us to lift up our hands right now all across this house because some of you have some talents that you have just been leaving to the side, that you've been burying. Some of you have broken trust and broken dreams and you've buried it and you've said, God, I don't think that I could ever love again, that I could ever trust again. And God is coming to you this morning and saying to you, I want you to put it to the exchangers. Do you know that's why? That's why there are miracles that happen when we give unto the Lord as we've been giving in the Ready Now campaign. And how many people have been blessed by the miracles that have abounded in your life. You, you can't even put it into words and you can't find how it happened. It happened because something happens in the exchange of giving and receiving and giving and receiving and giving and receiving. I wonder if you could lift up your voice with me and your hands with me and just say, God, help me right now. Help me today. Help me today to go pick up that talent that I buried, to go pick up that, that faith that I feel like I lost when I had my trust broken. God, I'm getting it. I'm putting it back in you. I'm putting it back in you. I'm putting it back in you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want somebody to come to the front of this house right now. I want somebody, just come on down. Come on down. That's it. God bless you. Bring whatever you got, whatever you've got. You may not think you have a whole lot, but you bring whatever you've got. Maybe you do think you have a whole lot. Maybe that's what you need to bring is bring it down and say, Lord, I need to give you, I need to give you everything I have. Maybe, maybe you think you've got a lot to offer and have some pride about it. Why don't you bring that pride to God and say, Lord, I need to know that it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. God's going to anoint you for the exchange. There's an exchange waiting for you. The exchangers. Come on, step into the market. Step into the marketplace. Step into the free flow. Step into the exchange of giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I want somebody right now to open up your mouth and say, Lord, I'm giving it to you. Give it to you. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. Come on, that's it. Give it to him. Give it to him. Release it. Release it under the Lord right now. Lord, I'm not holding on to it anymore. I'm putting it to the exchange. I'm submitting it to the exchange. I want you to take this one thing. Make it something I can never make it on my own. every breath that I am Yes, Lord. I
Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. I have seen the goodness of God.
something right now. I believe God is going to heal relationships. God's going to heal relationships. And the way he's going to heal the relationship is he's going to bring you into covenant with him like never before. Some of you have relationships that feel broken and tattered and torn and you want to see healing. You want to see healing. You want to see function where there had been dysfunction. But I want you to know that's going to come in the context of your relationship with God. I want you right now to give it to the exchanger in Jesus' name. And say, God, I'm giving you this relationship. Help me, show me, lead me where to invest. How much to put in. Show me, oh God, how much, how much, and how, and when, and where. Show me how to love. Show me what to say. Give me the words to speak. Give me the gestures to make, to make this relationship, to bring healing to this relationship. Come on, let God, let, let God do it right now. Let there be a healing in your relationship with God. Hallelujah. Let there be a healing in your relationship with God. And from that's going to come a healing in the relationship with others. I want you to let it happen right now. Come on, we're going to sing again. We're going to sing again. And as we do, I want you just to let God do something in your heart. Let God do something in your life right now. Submit it. Submit it to him. Submit it to his presence. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, that's it. Do it right now in the name of Jesus. Promise keep. Promise keep light in the dark. Light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. That is who you are. Oh yes. Waymaker. Miracle workers. Promise keep. Light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Yeah.
that you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. I don't see that you're working You never stop, you never stop working